Welcome to Robots for Eyes, episode three. Hello, everyone. I'm Tom. Rob. We got some shout outs. We got some shout outs we from have. people that actually listen. Yeah, we're close to the 100 mark on the old uh, listening yes. downloads. Uh, I'd say hello to uh, Collins. Thank you for uh, your insight. Um, Adam Davis from uh, New York and Bobby Davis, also from New York. Nice to, nice to hear from you all. Get us, man. Get us. Uh, if you want to contact us, please do so through our Facebook page, um, Robots for Eyes podcast, or our email, which is robotsforeyes at gmail.co.uk. Get us, man. Right, we're getting there, aren't we? Right, today's episode is about Men in Black. Uh, what do you know about Men in Black, Rob? Um, all I know is is obviously the uh, the movie. <laughs> no, um, the, the, the real Men in Black that um, we're on about today is... is what I, as far as I know, is is people's tales of mysterious um, people, entities, um, whatever they want to describe them as, um, basically trying to get information either on people or situations. Well, this is your typical standard issue, Men in Black encounter. Basically, what will happen is, the usual story, someone will see a UFO or some lights or something weird sometime in the near future... Usually, a couple of freaky dudes will make contact with you somehow. They'll either call you or they'll turn up at your work or they'll come around your house. For some unexplicable reason, you'll let them in your house or you'll let them in your place of work. They will then try and intimidate the fuck out of you. They'll scare you, tell you you didn't see a UFO. They'll threaten to stab your mom's dog and basically tell you to do nothing. They'll act weird as fuck and then they leave. That is your standard encounter with the men in black. It's like an unofficial government scheme, but yet it is... Apparently a government thing, but... Well, this is the thing. It, it appears, that sounds like it could be governmental. It could be a government operative turning up at your house to tell you not to talk about you seeing a secret aircraft. But that doesn't seem to be the case when you hear accounts of their description, what they look like. I'll go into that now. Right, their appearance. They're often described as having a complexion which is Asian or gypsy-like, or bright white skin. Gypsy-like. Explain. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. It's, you know, it could happen. Uh, yep, so they, they, they look odd. Um, they have been described as having a strange quality that their eyes appear to be sometimes glowing. Their clothing, they are always wearing new black suits, black hats, and sunglasses. The clothing is sometimes described as being made from a strange material, the speech. Men in black tend to speak in a monotonous, mechanical tone, often with a strange accent. Witnesses have reported them sentence construction, choice of words being very odd. They don't seem to communicate with any form of human emotion. The way that me and you talk is pretty obvious with yeah, people. Yeah. They, they talk differently. They talk in a weird... Emotionless. Like, almost, like, it's yeah. like, like a robot in a way. Very much like a draw. It seems like, well, it doesn't, it could be robotic or it could just be non-human. Yeah. It could just be something talking in a non-human fashion. We assume it's a robot, but it might not be. It's weird. Yeah. Right. The, uh, let's have a look down here at some uh, stories. Uh, 
I'm going to pull up uh, an encounter, uh, quite a famous encounter that happened in uh, 1976 to a bloke called uh, Dr. Herbert Hopkins. Uh, He lived in the US. He was a psychiatric uh, doctor working with a UFO abductee. So he had some information regarding a case, not necessarily believing in it. He just thinks that there's a mental guy who claims he's been poked oh, yeah. by aliens. If that's his job, isn't he? He, uh, he talks to people who, who people think have got problems um, to try and help. Yeah, exactly. So this geezer's freaking out. Saying so he, he's he gets a lot of, sort of mental stories himself, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sees people from all walks of life. But this particular case, there's a, a gentleman, or woman, doesn't say, who is, uh, had an experience that he can't explain. So the, psychi- the psychiatrist is looking at this, just taking information in, not really thinking that there's any real substance to the external entities that this, this fella is, is, uh, is encountering. But uh, on the night of the 11th of September, ooh, 1976, oh, wow. uh, Dr. Herbert had a phone call from someone claiming to be from the New Jersey Research UFO Group, which we've now found out doesn't exist. He wanted to speak to Hopkins about the case. Hopkins agreed. He says he's not sure why he agreed, but he because bear in mind, this is just a stranger on the phone. Yeah. He, he just agreed. He doesn't really know why. He put the phone down, turned to walk into the lounge, and as he turned round, he saw the fella, or a fella, walking up the stairs to knock on his front door. Knock, knock, knock. He opened the door, and it was the bloke claiming to be from the New, New Jersey Research Group. He says it's impossible. This is 1976. So there's no mobile phones. There's no, you know, he must have been calling from a landline. He said his speed that he got to the door was so quick, he must have been at the bottom of the steps. Yeah. There's no way he, he made a phone call and then turned so up. So it's like us outside of a mobile phone calling the house to make sure someone's in. Except mobile phones don't exist. Exactly. So yeah. it's, it's very, it's, just very, there. it's very, very, very peculiar. But he invited him in like a fucking twat. I mean, would you do that, really? No. Yeah, you'd be like, what the fuck's just happened Some there? Just, gone. Some, yeah. Someone just rang you to ask to talk to you about a UFO yeah, case. You'd be like, hang on a fucking second. You know, it was only fucking two seconds ago I spoke to someone. Exactly. This is odd. This what's going on. They knock at the door and you let them in. It doesn't seem right. Anyway, you let him in. Uh, the, the, the odd bloke, the men in black, the, the man in black, took a seat. Hopkins said he was struck immediately by his appearance. Firstly, he was in impeccable condition. He was in, dressed in entirely black. He had black shoes. Black socks, black pants, or trousers, as I prefer to call them. Yeah, not pants. <laughs> black shirt, black tie, everything black, black hat, the lot. He was entirely bald, with no hair whatsoever on his body. It's, it's funny, because the things I've seen um, on the accounts of them, they, they obviously talk about what they look like, but how I see them is, is they look like mannequins from shops. They, you know what I mean? Yeah. They look very, very um, clinical, very, you know, unique. It's like they look human, but there's... There's something not quite right yeah. about them, uh, and, and we're able to sort of pick up on that and go, "Hang on, is it an emotional going? thing? You know, is it or is it a physical thing or both?" Well, he said that the the gentleman who came into his house, he said his skin was dead white except for his lips, which were bright red. He thought that, that it was lipstick. He said it just doesn't look normal to be that red. Sex doll. It could have been a sex doll, intergalactic <laughs> sex doll from Mars. Yeah, yeah, a sex robot. He said his facial expressions were odd. His nose was small, set, and set back very low in his face. He had a receding chin, and instead of having a neck, his head appeared to connect straight to his shoulders. His eyes 
although not glowing, were unusual in a way that Hopkins had difficulty describing. Okay, so it was, he just couldn't tell what his eyes looked like. He couldn't describe it. Well, he, he got this weird guy that came into his house. Did, did, did he try and describe it? Do you know? Um, not in the account that I've read. No. He just said it was a very odd quality. Right. The, uh, the men in black, or the man in black... It, when he started talking, he said he had a mechanical voice, almost completely devoid of accident. A- accident? <laughs> accent, sorry. Um, and he said to Hopkins... From here, I can see everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he wanted to discuss the UFO case that Hopkins was researching. Right. Um, they discussed the case with... Hopkins says, basically, he said, I was doing all the talking. The man in black didn't do any talking. It's as if he knew the case, and was just interested to see what Hopkins knew about it. Okay. Which is pretty odd, because if he was a government agent, you'd be grilling him like, Fuck. Of course you would. You'd be like, you know, you'd be asking all sorts of questions. So the fact that he's not really, he's just there listening in a way. Um, what made him speak, you know, about it, but it, it's Ex- one of him. Exactly. This is where it gets bizarre. At one point, uh, the, the MIB, who was wearing what appeared to be grey suede gloves, not black, grey. Right. He brushed his lips with the back of his hand. When he put his hands down, the MIB's face and glove was smeared with red. This is when Hopkins knew that he had a lipstick on. (laughs) (laughs) He said that it was very, very strange because he didn't appear to have any lips. He had a slit in his face that was painted red. So when smeared, he could see that it was actually lipstick like to give like the impression of, 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 of lips and colour, and he had like no Like teeth. an open cut wound or something on you. No lips, just an open... He just describes it as a slit, and he had no teeth. Ah. Which is a bit odd. That, that, well, that's so a bit odd to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> so after grilling him about the UFO case, the MIB changed the subject. Um, he informed Hopkins that there were two coins in his pocket, Right, so well, why did he say that? Well, this is this is it. So he's let this crazy geezer into his house. The geezer's acting odd, and he sat down, wiped lipstick off a slit mouth with no teeth, and said, "You've got two coins in your pocket." Sounds like David Blaine. It's like he's trying to prove something. So he put his hand in the pocket and took one out. He held a coin in the palm of his hand. The MIB told Hopkins to watch the coin closely. After a few moments, the coin took on a silvery appearance and then appeared to be going out of focus. It then began to fade and eventually disappeared altogether. The MIB informed Hopkins that the coin would never be seen on this plane ever again. What the fuck? Well, imagine if you just saw so, someone who's just called you on the phone and he's, he's suddenly there and he's, he's not really talking, but he's getting information out of you. And he, then he does that. You'd be like, what, what, what's your game? What, what are you doing? What are you doing here? It's a very bizarre set of circumstances just, that yeah, it's, he it's, found it seems, himself in. Yeah, it's like, it's like three different stories all put into one, isn't it? You know what I mean, in a way. Well, the, 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 way, the way it all, all comes up, it's a bit, a bit mental. Well, the MIB asked him if he, knew the Barney, if he knew of Barney Hill. Now, Barney Hill, in case you don't know, is um, it's possible... That it's, he, well, it is the first documented case of UFO abduction, him and his uh, wife, uh, Betty Hill. It's, it's possible that he was aware of the case and was testing Hopkins' knowledge on it, which is a bit bizarre. It's almost like he's leading him down a path. He's trying to make him realise that this is odd. It yeah. seems to me, because if the, if the MIB wanted to just ask you a few questions and leave, 
there's ways of doing that that aren't bizarre. It, yeah, well, it, why would they make it bizarre? If you know, I think it, it's like I it's think I think if it was done by the um, the government or something, they would be pretty to the point because they'd know that you'd know, and they go, "Look, we know that you know. Um, we just want to try and fucking sort this out. We you know this problem. We want we either don't want you to say anything, or." You know, you're going to disappear. Well, th- this is the thing, because if that is government, all they've done is compound the problem. If why they... are they making it odd? Why are they, yeah, why are they being funny and exactly. doing magic tricks and shit? If they, <laughs> had, if they, if they had done nothing, if this, if this case is, was not an abduction case that Hopkins was researching, but he was infi- like interfering with, say, some sort of government programme, the best thing that they could have done is ignore it. Just stop. Don't even uh, approach him because that way it's not going to raise any suspicion. But to approach him in that manner, being weird as fuck, is going to make him remember that. He's going to think there's more to this. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's going to be like, "This is this ain't normal." But it ain't normal. It's not like some like your neighbour knocking your door and come around talking to you about something which happened the other day in the garden. You know, I mean, odd circumstances which lead up to it. Exactly. The fact that it's so speedy that after a phone call he's instantly there when there's no mobiles really around. Then you know, it's it's. It's it's a bit of a, a bit of a weird surreal situation you'd be in there. Well, towards the end of the encounter, um, he noticed that the MIB speech was slowing down considerably. The uh, the MIB admitted that his energy was running low, and he slowly and unsteadily got to his feet. So Hopkins is going, "What the fuck is going on? <laughs> what the hell's happening?" He needs Hop- to up- update his batteries. Yeah, something missing so- ions. Something odd's going on. So Hopkins saw saw him to the door and watched him slowly descend the stairs. He was placing both of his feet on the step in front of him before attempting to go down. So he looks like like an old like an old person who's trying, trying to go down the stairs. Slowly going down the stairs. Bearing in mind his speech is slowing down. He speaks like a robot, yeah. robot, and he's saying, "My energy is going. I have to leave." Whatever he's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> that is, yeah. So he, he goes down the uh, the Ma- stairs. Imagine if you were out and someone just started doing that. Like yeah. when they're tired, they just go, "Oh, I am really tired. I need to go home." Yeah, exactly. So he 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 eventually gets to the bottom of the stairs. Hopkins is watching, intrigued because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. This geezer then turns and goes down the side of. I'm guessing it's a road. He said he went. He turned down the side of a road by his house, um, and he saw a bright white light. Uh, sorry, a bright light. Hopkins did, and he thought it was the the uh, MIB's car, but he, he, he sort of dismissed that because he said the light was was extremely blue. That's an extremely odd case, that is. If that happened, that's really bizarre. But it doesn't end there because he was having phone issues. I'm not going to go into all the details he was getting because it'll take so long. We'll have to do an episode on this, a, a whole on the, episode. On this, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. This story. Because he was having phone issues and, and the men in black apparently mm. contacted his daughter-in-law two weeks later. Oh, right, okay. What, why did they contact her, though? I don't know. It's just a very bizarre case. So what, what are your thoughts on, on that particular encounter? I mean, right, there's, there's an option. It could be bollocks. So, all right, it's yeah. all bollocks. That's rubbish. Let's okay. put that to one side. It's rubbish. Let's entertain the fact that something happened. Well, <laughs> you've got to try and put yourself in his shoes, haven't you? And that's, that's the, main, the main thing you've got to do. You put yourself in his shoes. Um, he's obviously talking to all sorts of mentalists all the time, anyway, because that's his job. And and then he gets a phone call, and he turns, he, t- he gets a phone call. These people turn up instantly. He's he's talking to him about what's going on, but not really talking to him about what's going on. Um, he makes a coin basically vanish in front of him for some reason. And then when he's tired, he he start, you know, he, he sounds like a robot, and he's 
struggling to walk down the stairs. If, you, if you're tired at home, it doesn't mean you're going to take ages to get down the steps. You'll get down the steps normally. You're just, just, just yeah, you, you know, there's no, there's no real physical tiredness to it when you're tired, unless you've been doing about a 25 million mile run or something. He must have been really fucked if he couldn't walk. Yeah, down the exactly. Yeah, it's like like he's dying or something. So was, it's it's a very very odd situation. And if I was in that situation, um. After I'd be thinking, have I been on some sort of like LSD or something? What's what the going fuck just on? Happened? Yeah. What the fuck's just happened to me? It's a bit, a bit of a mental one, really. There's lots of cases, particularly good ones, that I wanted to cover um, regarding John Keel, uh, who was a journalist and investigator into uh, odd events that happened in Point Pleasant, um, commonly called the Mothman prophecies. Uh, that's the film, but you know the incident was around some sort of weird creature thing that appeared in Point Pleasant and was just fucking with people by the sounds of it. But there were a lot of men in black encounters that Keel experienced. Really, really, really fucking strange ones. But I'm not going to go into that because it's, it's, it's too fragmented. I think the best thing to do would be maybe do an episode entirely just on Mothman and we can cover the odd events that Keel had with men in black in that episode. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, have a look at this picture. For people... Obviously, on the podcast, you, you can't see what I'm showing to Rob. But what I'm showing to Rob is an image of a little girl sitting down, minding her own business, that a dad took. And in the background, there is a geezer in a silver suit. It, it, it kind of looks a bit like um, an astronaut suit in a way. Um, slightly different. But it's a little girl. She's probably about, what, three or four. And she's wearing right. some sort of, um, looks like some sort of like flowery dress. And, it, and the, the being, or whatever it is, is... Just above her, her head, on the right. Slightly floats. It's yeah. above the ground, it appears yeah. to be. That photo was taken by Jim Templeton. So if you want to have a look at that, it's, I think it's called the Man in the Silver Suit, which is ironic because it, it's uh, apparently a photograph of, a, of, a, of an MIB, but he's wearing a silver suit. <laughs> right, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty odd. But because I've looked at that, because we've got that picture up, I want to look at, is there any more um, evidence, video, pictures... Any physical evidence of an MIB case, and there is. There is a case from 2009 in Niagara Falls where a manager of a hotel the previous year, 2008, had witnessed a large triangular black craft fly over the hotel. Right? Okay. Seven or eight months later... Triangular, you say? Yeah, triangle, oh. silently going over the hotel. Seven months later, some freaky fucking dudes turned up to the hotel to try and question the manager. But he wasn't in at the time. So they were talking to the people on the reception desk. Now, because it's a hotel, um, there's CCTV cameras. And they actually got the guys walking in. So you're not going to be able to see it because, obviously, it's a podcast. But what we'll do is we'll play a video showing the people, these two odd fuckers coming in. But we're going to play the audio of one of the guys that was there. So Rob's just going to put the speaker up to the uh, to the. Hold on a second. So bear with us, but this is the account of one of the guys that was on reception when these two freaks came in. Ready? Here we one go. One of my bellmen approached me, and he kind of had a weird look on his face, and he said to me, uh, can we go in your office and talk? I brought him into my office, and he says, uh, something really weird happened here yesterday, and, and uh, you weren't here. He said, uh, there's a couple guys in here looking for you. And I said, a couple guys? What do you mean? And he said, well, um, this is really hard for me to say. He said, but there's a couple of really strange-looking men that were here. 
and they kind of freaked everybody out, and they were asking questions about you. And, of course, now I'm getting a little bit nervous, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, well, they were, he goes, I don't know how to describe them except for extremely odd-looking. They were really, really tall, he said, and they were identical height. They were the exact same height. They were wearing the exact same clothes, and they had the exact same faces, like they were twins. And he said they were wearing black suits, black trench coats. They were wearing, like, the old-fashioned uh, Federal hats. They had extremely, extremely pale skin. And he said they came in, and they looked around a little bit, and they asked for you. And I said, I'm sorry, he's actually not working today. And it seemed like they didn't believe me, so they started to walk around the hotel. And shortly after, they went to the tour desk, and he goes, I got busy. I started to have to bring cars around and get luggage. And by the time I came back, they were gone. But he goes, they freaked me out, and I really wanted to tell you that there were these weird guys in here looking for you. So, of course, now I'm a little bit skeptical and a little bit freaked out all at the same time. So the first thing I do is I run into my security office because I know how to work the security system, and I rewound the cameras, and sure enough, there, here comes two gentlemen through the front door looking exactly how he described. Then the next day, I was talking with my uh, tour guest, and one of them um, asked to talk to me. She came in my office, the same as my bellman, and she said, I need to tell you about something that happened. I heard that you heard that there were some men looking for you. And I said, yes. And she said, they asked a few questions about you, and they said strange things that I didn't understand. And they were talking about governments and conspiracies, and none of it made any sense to me. But she goes, they were very, very scary. And I said, well, why were they scary? And she said, they had no facial hair, none. She said they had no eyebrows, no eyelashes, nothing. Their hair looked like they had a wig on, like it was attached to their hat, like it wasn't even real. And she said, and the scariest thing, their eyes were so big and so blue that they almost hypnotized me a little bit. And she goes, and you're going to think I'm crazy when I tell you this, but I swear they knew what I was thinking. I swear, and I don't think I'm crazy, but I don't even know how they could do it, and I don't know why I'm even telling you this. She goes, so I started to think about things other than you, and I don't even know if it works. And she started to cry, and she... Right, we're cutting that one short because it's quite a long video. But she was saying, according to that account, that... It sounds like she thought that they were reading her mind and she had to change what she was thinking about to try and protect the manager. It's kind of what the other fellow was saying. He, he was saying that, you know, he wasn't really talking to him about it and he was just spilling the beans. It's, it's, it's a completely freaky subject. Now, this is obviously only a cursory look. This is just really having a look at the the real fundamentals of what they are, because it's, you can't get into it in a short episode. You need to spend a lot of time on this. You need to put it into context with a, a sighting that has information and details. It's just a cursory glance at the fucking mad world of men in black. 
Yeah. They are weird, weird fuckers. But like I say, we'll we'll try and cover more in a in an episode possibly with the Mothman because there's a lot of Men in Black encounters in that. Uh, it's a very, very peculiar. I mean, what what do you think? It, I mean, what do you think? What's your hunch? Bollocks. That's um, got to be the first one. Secondly, government agency. Well, I, I think I think it's a bit like Chinese whispers. There's probably probably is. Um, some sort of government thing when something weird happens, they have someone. But I think it's a, I think it's a bit of Chinese whispers. So, so in other words, someone will come along and speak to them, um, but it will get you know enhanced or changed a bit, and it ends up being a bit odd. But you, you never know. You hear all yeah, these yeah. stories about aliens, and you hear all these stories about all sorts of weird things. So, so I, I've got no reason not to believe mm. that someone else's account because I wasn't there. Yeah, you got to listen to what they say. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, you've got to take in what they say. You yeah. know, you, ha- you have to take things for... You co- you've got to take everything with a pinch of salt. You've got to also understand that not everybody is full of bollocks, but also there are people that are full of bollocks. Yes. And you could, be t- you could be listening to one of them. It could be an account that didn't happen. It could be a setup. It could be a complete hoax. But, like I say, if we go back into the Mothman, and uh, you'll, you'll you'll see. I mean, I don't know if you know anything about that, but you not really. I'll, I'll have a look up on it. You, you'll start to see that it's really fucking bizarre. But we'll wind the episode up on that. It's only a short one this week, um, but we'll wind up at that. If you want to contact us, like I say, facebook.com uh, slash Robots for Eyes podcast. Add the add the group. Give us a like. We'll give you a shout out. Yeah, the, the email is also uh, robotsforeyes at gmail.co.uk, so you can email us if you like and uh, tell us what you think. Yeah, a bit of a short episode this week, but um, we might try and get another one out during midweek as well. Yeah. Uh, so we'll try and get two out this week. Anyway, thanks for listening. Cheers. Thanks for your help. Thanks for your continued support. Any critical, um, you know, instructions. <laughs> Any way we can improve it, please let us know. That's it. Wicked. Until yeah. next time, thank you. We'll have over 100 listens, hopefully, in five next week. Get us. Woohoo! <laughs> Take your seat. See you later. Ta-da. See you later. Have a good one.